Happy New Year! Welcome to 2023. Locked on Marlins is back. First episode of 2023. I am still the host, Peter Pratt. That's good news. Tons to get into, guys. Firstly, wishing everyone the happiest of 2023s. Uh, I turned 40 this year, the big 4-0, which means tons. It means I have, I've got free reign. I've got an open license to do whatever I want within reason. That means there will be a trip to Miami in 2023. I'm going to make sure we come and get a full weekend series, ideally when Sandy is going and ideally when Jazz is still healthy. <laughs> tons to get into on today's show. I'm going to reflect on the news. Well, the conflicting news around Gene Segura, not yet official. There's a 40-man move that needs to be made for that to happen. But is it more questions than answers with Gene Segura becoming a Marlin? Covering that on today's show. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Also, there is Marlins Twitter madness that kicked off yesterday. Round one is ongoing. I am going up head to head with Alex Kritschuk uh, from the Fish Stripes crew. Big arms, big biceps. We'll wait to see if he's got a big following. Uh, but guys, first episode of 2023. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for following along in 2022. I must say, as the year went on, it felt like the show, the engagement, the interaction, everything got stronger. So here's hoping and looking forward to a stunning 2023 as well. If you are listening to the podcast version, hit subscribe, leave a review. Why not? If you are watching on YouTube, hello. If you are listening to the podcast and thinking, whoa, there's a YouTube show? There's a YouTube channel? Yes, there is. Locked on Marlins, baby. Uh, and there is all of the visuals that you need. I am sitting here in my lounge. Was supposed to record earlier. Uh, got a little bit waylaid. Uh, but nevertheless, we are here. And we are here to talk about some Marlins at the start of 2023. First episode. And right at the back end of 2022, the news dropped. The Marlins have reached an agreement with Gene Segura. Uh, we had a we had an episode covering that. We didn't know the full contract details at that point. Uh, as to my, I guess in line with my expectations, there were perhaps a few kind of opt in, opt out situations. So you always need to get a look at the actual contract to see what's going on. And what we what we know is it's seventeen million dollars of guaranteed money, uh, but there's also a third year option as well. Uh, there's a team option. I think with a two million buyout as well. So uh, the move is not yet official, and the reason it's not yet official is well, maybe there's some medicals you need to go through, etc. But uh, the Marlins don't have space for Gene Segura right now. Uh, when uh, when I covered the episode the other day, I didn't get into that, and I've had time to dwell on it. And equally, I was thinking we need to kind of wait and see if there's a corresponding move that happens first. We're sitting here on the 2nd of January, no corresponding move thus far. So in the second part of the show, we're going to look at what the corresponding move 
Could be. Should be. There's tons of different ways they can go. Listen to a great Fish Stripes spaces last night. The guys started to get into this around what the move could be, who's going to go, etc. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. The guys really got into it, and I'm going to pick a few little bits out of that. But let's start, though, with the Gene Segura uh, signing. Well, that's not yet official, but will be. And the question about where he plays. I went into this with a lot of speculation and no sources, which is exactly what you should do if you are a fan with a podcast. I have no sources, guys. <laughs> but my my gut feel was that Gene Segura would be playing in the middle infield, let's say. my I, I thought the most likely would be Gene at second base, Jazz slide over to shortstop. That, to me, felt like the one. Then, after I did a whole episode going down that path, uh, we then got a Craig Mish report saying that the expectation at this point is that Gene Segura will be playing or starting a third base. <laughs> and there was talk about this, about Gene Segura playing third, mainly because the arm definitely plays at third. He's had some, some experience at third base. It was in the COVID 2020 season. Let's say it was 25 games worth at third base. Um, so he's had some experience. The arm plays, you know, the, the 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 bat profile doesn't really lend itself to a corner infielder. Um, so there is that. But in theory, Gene Segura could well be the starting third baseman for the Marlins. However, off the back of that, we then get John Morosi talking about he expects Gene Segura to play at second base. So we're having conflicting reports here about what the plan is with Mean Gene. Here's what we know. He's been signed to start. He's going to be playing and starting for the next two years. The Marlins have tons of infielders now. They've added another infielder. Here's my view. And actually, before I give that, the other thing that did crop up, a report, I think it was in The Athletic, that perhaps the Marlins and Rockies had engaged in uh, in some conversations uh, with Edward Cabrera uh, going uh, going perhaps to Colorado and Brendan Rogers coming back the other way. Whether it was an interconnected deal, whether it was you know one for one, I'm not exactly certain. Um, but the other thing there that that struck me, they'd signed Gene Segura. And they said that prior to the signing of Gene Segura, they were talking to the Rockies about Brendan Rodgers. Where, where does Brendan Rodgers play? He's a second baseman. Where does Gene Segura play? Second base in the main. There was talk about Gleyber Torres back in the, at the deadline. Where does Gleyber Torres play? Somewhere in the middle infield, but probably second base would suit him. The Marlins clearly are targeting a second baseman here. And they're targeting a second baseman because I believe that they're going to slide Jazz over to shortstop. That's the plan. In my opinion, that is what... The natural progression is Miggy Rowe, if he sticks around for another year, he, you know, it's an expiring deal. We need to look beyond Miguel Rojas. And if that indeed is Jazz Chisholm at shortstop, sounds like a plan to me. The defense, okay, as I mentioned, feels like a bit of a downgrade from Miggy Rowe. But Miggy Rowe was sensational at shortstop. And uh, we'll wait to see what Jazz can do. But here's my opinion here, guys. Craig Mish, and I, 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 I would never question... Anything that Craig says. However, my opinion on this one is that the Marlins will be saying, the Marlins are saying, Skip Schumacher 
is saying that Gene Segura will be the starting third baseman. Why? Why would he say that? And why don't I believe it? That's the thing. And it's not about disbelieving it. But I don't believe that's the plan. However, to say he's starting at third base right now is is the, the path of least resistance. Why is it? Because fundamentally, the Marlins have zero third baseman on the roster. So it's easy to say we've signed Gene Segura and he's playing third base. That doesn't impact anyone else, pretty much. Brian Anderson is gone. All of the other guys play in other positions. They aren't specific third basemen. So Gene Segura being slotted into third base impacts no one. What are the Marlins trying to do right now? They're trying to they're trying to upgrade however they can. What they don't want to do, and clearly they're still engaged in tons of trade talks, what they don't want to do is to come out there and say, yep, Segura's playing second base, and Jazz Chisholm's now going to be playing shortstop. What does that then do to Miguel Rojas's trade value, perhaps? It reduces it because the Marlins are saying we're moving on from Miggy. If they say Gene Segura at third base, it impacts no other player negatively. Joey Wendell, John Birdie, Groshans, LeBlanc, Miggy Rowe, Jazz, all of them, it doesn't impact them. They keep, they, they go down that line to keep the value as high as they can and the leverage as high as they can for all of these trade discussions that are ongoing. That is, in my opinion, what is happening right now. It's put out there, third base, because third base is vacant. You can say that without impacting anyone. The reality, though, is that Gene Segura is going to be playing second base and Jazz is playing shortstop. The question then comes, who moves? Who goes? And there's tons of candidates for that. But the most obvious is Miguel Rojas and, and or Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell is a lefty. There's not many lefties in this lineup. Miggy Rowe is an amazing defender. Which way do you go? Skip Schumacher's talked about boring baseball. He values the defense. I understand that. Miggy Rowe played pretty much every game last year. Some of it hurt. Everyone else missed a ton of time. Which way do you go? We'll wait and see. But before we do that, I wanted to let you know about our good friends over at Bet Online. And it is the new year, guys, so go easy with the bet. But betonline.net is your number one source. Sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds, trends for every professional amateur league out there. From pro football, college ball season, and basketball, they've got it all at betonline.net. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so is everyone with me? How are you feeling about that? That's just my read of the situation. I did see earlier that Craig Mish was talking about a Herald article coming out perhaps today. So I wanted to get this in early, ideally before that. So you can, I can give my opinion unbiased. Uh, ideally, I probably should have texted Craig and said, Craig, what's going on? Uh, but I like to give a fan view. I'm trying to read between the lines and give you just my sense of how I see things playing out here. And what I see is Gene and Jazz in the middle infield. It feels like a really nice both defensive and offensive combination. There's some power in there. There's some speed in there. There's some contact in there. There's everything you want from a middle infield. What are the Marlins going to do at third base? Who knows? Who knows what they do there? They've moved on from Brian Anderson. It's an area of organizational need. 
should they be seeking trade opportunities at third base? We haven't spoken a lot about third base because we've assumed that Groshans, Wendell, LeBlanc, whoever will cover third base. I think for me, it's one of the priority areas. They drafted Jacob Berry uh, as their first round pick. Some liked it, some didn't. The bat probably will play. We'll wait and see. However, the defense won't. They haven't solved that third base problem. um, Berry, Jacob Berry, is never, ever playing third base at the major league level. He just isn't. The best case the Marlins could probably get is a first base with Jacob Berry, most likely the DH. But back to Gene Segura, guys. What's going to happen? Who's got to go? Because there is a roster crunch. The guys on Fish Stripes uh, Spaces last night were talking about and thinking about, is there a trade incoming? Do they need to drop a trade? Or what other options do they have? The reality is, you go and have a look at the Marlins roster right now, the 40-man, and yes, there's definitely now, now you've added in Segura, there's definitely, you know, there's not enough major league spots for all the major league dudes, I would say. But I don't think they need to make a move in that area specifically right now. What I would say is there are tons of relievers, tons of them. And to be honest with you, I don't know who half of them are. A lot of them were added from AAA, um, protected away from the Rule 5. So that's probably why. You know that's not my speciality, guys. I'm not uh, one that keeps up with the minors in any kind of detail. You know there's guys out there that cover that. And I know for certain they really like the fact that these guys were added to the 40-man and will be given a chance. The question is, just on that topic, though, by the way, is if that was the plan, and it, it well, that is the plan. That's what's happened. But the Marlins were in a position where they, they were in a lost year. It was a lost year in 2022. Again, another lost year coming off a lost year in 2021. You know, they they could have very easy, easily brought some of these guys up at the back end of 2022. Get some big league experience. They didn't do it, which is interesting. But you go and look at the 40-man now, and it is loaded with arms and relievers. The reason being, or the one thing we have to call out here is, on the 40-man, there are guys, there's no there's no IL right now uh, in the offseason. And so it means that for guys like uh, Max Meyer, that's out all year, the guys like Anthony Bender, that's out all year, the guys like Sixto Sanchez, that may be out again all year, who knows what Sixto's outlook is. But particularly for Meyer and Bender, those guys are going to be on the IL all year. And whether that's on the 60-day, whether it's on the uh, minor league IL, I guess that's up for debate in terms of the way the Marlins play it. Again, we saw that with Sixto last year. He was out all year, but he wasn't. He was actually on the minor league uh, IL rather than the major league 60-day. Anyway, they have a ton of relievers there, and the reason they have them is because they got quite a few hurt guys that are on the roster right now that will need to be shuffled around. But when you look at where the Marlins could go, if they don't make a trade, if they have to DFA someone, which I think is certainly in the realms, if they can't get a deal done immediately for one of the guys um, to clear the spot, then they're going to have to DFA someone. The question then is, where do they go with that? From a pitching perspective, I mean, there's a few candidates, but just offensively, actually, one one name I think that's that I'm intrigued by, and and that's... And he's coming off a, a really nice, uh, a really nice winter. Hayrard and Canacion. Um, the 
The Marlins last year, I, I felt like they used him sparingly, I will describe it as. They didn't use him at all, I don't think, at first base, at all. Maybe he, he kind of filled in uh, and had an, an inning or two, perhaps, but there was no start at first base for Heran Canacion. I'm just intrigued to understand and, and look at what the future holds for Heran and Canacion with the Marlins. Are they out on him? I didn't know he's had a good winter. Um, but the way they managed him last year, he came up, hit a grand slam, optioned. Like, it was puzzling, to be honest with you. And it's the same type of puzzle that you get and you you, you look back at Lewin Diaz and the way they managed Lewin. It, it looked to me like they were out on Lewin. In the end, they gave him a run and you know, and, and, and he ends up DFA'd. Hey, Ryan Canastion, I think, is also a puzzling one. I'm not convinced the Marlins are all in on him. And it wouldn't shock me if they end up DFAing him. The outfield is a little bit crowded anyway, particularly if they're going to carry on with Jesus Sanchez. I think Heyrar might have one option remaining, minor league option year. If he has zero options, then he's absolutely a DFA candidate. Probably should have checked that before the show. I'll find out after. But he he definitely is a name that I'm thinking about. The other name that was kind of floated around there yesterday is, you know, is could they DFA Miggy Rowe and then you know give themselves a, a trade window? I don't think they will. Because going back to it, I think there is value in Miguel Rojas. He's on a, a he's on a cheap deal and he's got a great glove. So there's trade value there. People need him. And so that's why they've said Segura starting a third. They're trying not to take away value from the guys they're trying to trade. And they probably will be trying to trade Miggy Rowe. We've heard his name come up multiple times. They may be trying to trade Joey Wendell. I think they should keep hold of Wendell personally. I know he's seemingly like the odd man out in some ways, but I don't see that. I don't see Wendell as the odd man out at all. I see him as the man that should be in the mix. We've got, we need lefty sticks. Wendell, for me, in, in the early part of the year when he was healthy, he was the best hitter pretty much. And he's a different type of hitter. He's a contact guy. And for me, I think the Marlins should be absolutely looking to prioritize keeping Wendell at this point. It is an expiring deal. And that means if, if things go sideways later down um, into 23, you can always move Joey Wendell for certain. So, what about the pitch in front? Before we do that, let's talk about our good friends over, and we haven't spoke about them for a long time, but it is the new year, guys. Let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bars. We've just gone through the holidays, don't we know it? And I know my goal is to eat healthier this year and drink less. <laughs> that wasn't in the uh, the copy, but if you're like me, You'll, uh, you will you like it where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste. And man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try these Built Bars. It's healthy and actually tasty. Seriously, so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for the New Year's resolutions. Why are they so good? Well, for starters, 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. And they come in tons of flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almonds. They have it all. Absolutely tons. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box full of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box uh, of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Uh, if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Thank me later, guys. All right, absolutely love the Built Bars. It's perfect for those New Year's resolutions, uh, for certain on that one. So, offensively, Heyran Canacion, I think, could be a candidate. I think the Marlins are out on him. 
Um, and maybe this winter is really helping. He may be a trade candidate too. Uh, for me, they're in a lost year. They didn't play him at first base. I'm not convinced they see him as an outfielder. I, I, I think he's a bit of a square peg round hole on this roster right now. He's, he's running out of minor league options. They need to make a move on Encarnacion. I don't see him playing first base. They didn't give him a chance at first base when they could have done in 22, and they didn't. So what about the pitchers? Who could go? And there's tons of guys on there. Let's not forget, we were talking about Brazoban to say that he might be a guy um, that could be, you know, on the on the Rule 5 roster bubble. Uh, he ends up, he's still on the roster. Um, so, you know, he's still there. But for me, the name, the name I would say that probably stood out the most uh, was Andrew Nardi, I would say. He was the guy. And the reason he probably stood out the most, well, he's a lefty, so that does help. But the Marlins have got tons of lefties still. So I don't think we kind of need to, you have to hold him because he's a lefty. They've also added Josh Josh Simpson uh, to the 40-man. He is also a lefty. Um, but Andrew Nardi, his 9.82 ERA last year. 9.82! And so... Okay, and you know you can't just kind of look at ERAs and say it's the be-all and end-all. But listen, Andrew Nardi was given his shot, like Brian Hoeing, like some other guys in 22. It wasn't good. It wasn't. And for me, yes, he's a lefty. Yes, he's got tons of minor league options. But the question is, is he a major league pitcher? What we've seen thus far, I don't believe so. Not that what we've seen so far. So with that being said, for me, if the Marlins look to DFA someone, Andrew Nardi is the right guy to move right now. If they're going to make a trade, there's tons of different ways they could go. Absolutely tons of them. And to be honest with you, I could do another episode or two speculating on who that could be. I, do, I think, to me, the way they've talked about Gene Segura going to third base, sorry to harp on about this, but the reason they've said that is because they are trying to trade one of the, one of the infielders. But they're trying not to devalue them, and they don't have to do that now. Can the Marlins survive right now without Andrew Nardi on the 40-man and going through waivers? I think they can, and I think they will. I think that will be the move. I think Gene Segura will be signed, but I still believe it. The Miguel Rojas' time in Miami is over. Segura and Jazz are going to be the middle infield this season. We still need to think about third base. Birdie can play a bit out there. So can Wendell. Perhaps they'll platoon it out there. We'll wait and see. But guys, that's been the first episode of Locked On Marlins for 2023. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Perhaps your first listen of the year. Guys, I am pumped to be back for 23. Absolutely pumped. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again tomorrow because I have a sense that there will be some news breaking around this Gene Segura deal and the corresponding moves. We'll see you soon.